0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Time now for KJ and Don With KJ Carson and Mark Dondero on WEI.
2: And streaming everywhere
0: on the Odyssey app.
2: Carolina's core is three years older, three years better, and they are in a groove. To the final, and here we go at the 60-minute mark.
3: KJ, Don Darrow, WEEI, part of the WEEI Radio Network across New England. Thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937, the text line 37937. Mark, get the player intro.
1: We get the player intro. Yeah, that's yep, awesome. Bruins not awesome. No, no. And let me say this. I'm going to just say this. I'm surprised. Um, You know, I I thought they were not going to get absolutely dominated by the Carolina Hurricanes. I understand that the Hurricanes are a good team. Now the Bruins. Remember, this doesn't mean much, but historically in the playoffs they have owned the Hurricanes. Okay, I don't understand. I just don't understand how the Carolina Hurricanes. Have completely and utterly dominated the Boston Bruins. I don't understand why, like where the, the disconnect is here. Because the the games during the regular season, that was one thing, but they happened a ways back. I mean, we're going back to February, the last time they played. And right. it was so lopsided. The Bruins with all the talent. 16 to and, 1. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've had so much over the years, they've been in the playoffs multiple times, obviously. They have talent, they have high-end talent, they have scoring. They added Hampus Lindholm. They have defense. They have guys that have been there. They're not going to be intimidated by the moment. How are you fighting? Brad Marchand is one of the best, most skilled players in the league. How are you finding a way to get absolutely throttled? I'm I'm shocked they're getting Mark, throttled. Mark, I can tell you
3: how. They watched the film of last year's Islander series, where suddenly you get under this team's skin, and they, they want to finesse, and now suddenly you put in their chest, you get in their chest, they they just they, here's where here's where Charo is is missed so bad.
1: I know, but th- this isn't the Bruins were never that team. The Bruins have some big guys. They were pl- they were comfortable playing a heavy game. Yeah, but they if weren't you a, try to get physical and
3: and, and and Z is back there, you don't think Z's coming to handle something. Right there's no feeling of any repercussions coming if a team decides to get physical with the Bruins I, and, and that Chara the, is
4: going to be able the to skate anywhere gonna, close to these Hurricanes. They're a fast team. They, this I get what you're
1: I'm saying not saying him
3: being here but that type of culture, the culture. The culture yes. I
1: get what you say adds to the culture, but he would be an absolute liability on the ice against them. It would be oh yeah, 10 absolutely. nothing
3: every night if he was no, on the no, team. No, no, you're, you're missing the point. I'm not talking about his performance. I'm talking about his presence in terms of that type of presence there, like a bully. If you know there's a bully that you have sitting right over there, even if he skates on for two minutes and just comes and pounds, you know, you know what so I the mean. Brewers like, Brewers need Doug Glatt. I'm just saying they need something because, look, Mark, you remember when we were on the phone? We were on the phone last night, and when we were on the phone, it was two nothing. Yeah. And then the third goal was scored as we were sitting there talking. Yeah. And I said, you know, a friend of mine years ago said to me, they said when you start seeing a person bite inside of a fist fight, that means they're really, really losing.
1: Well, I, Yeah, and and but the problem is the, the Hurricanes aren't even playing with their top goalie. I mean, that's... Well, that's
3: what I said. It frustrated the Bruins so bad that yeah. I I wonder if they, they feel like they're already... They know that they're losing this fight, and that's why was the hit-off from Pasta on Ranta a, 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 like the bite in the fight? I, don't I, know. I didn't
1: see it as a bite in the fight. I think he was just trying to do too much, and... I don't know. The guy went down. I know his chin was bleeding, but he got taken out of the guy. Was he concussed? I'm not sure. I'm just saying, I'm not even shocked. Glad you don't work in medical. I'm just, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm not shocked that they're losing the series. I'm just shocked they're getting utterly dominated in the series. I, I thought they'd be able to get it together enough where they wouldn't have that happen. You know, they'd be able to at least compete. I mean, they've been getting down in these games, and it has been over. And then they pile on the Hurricanes. I just thought it would be a little
3: bit knowing the Bruins. If I'm Taylor they were, Hall, I'm sitting in another side of the locker room saying,
1: Psh, "I, I mean, don't know what you boys how, are doing, I, but when, I'm good." <laughs> when I think back, I mean, how many times did I say? Probably not many, but I definitely said it a few times. Once upon a time, that I wish the Celtics had some of the moxie that the Bruins had, because they were always the Bruins, a mentally tough team with some fortitude and ability to, you know, to keep coming and to keep grinding and to be tough and, you they're know, they're fancy. I just – you're not seeing They were the Rolls-Royce, right? It's, but it's, I don't understand how – Take a Rolls-Royce through the crushed. mud,
3: and suddenly you're like, oh, gosh, what what, what did we do to the car? So but
1: They've never look, been that team. They've always look, had grit.
3: Well, but here's the thing. You're seeing – whatever life was in that team, I think just completely sapped out of them game one in those two goals with the last two minutes in the second period. They haven't been the same team. They haven't recovered I mean it's just literally I mean it's now like what's the tote board it's is will it be to 2 or to 3 by the time the series is over between between the hurricanes and and the and, and the Bruins, it's it's ugly it's not I don't it might get a little better I honestly believe that the hurricanes may kind of come off the pedal a little bit just to kind of you know like dig dug them dig dug is a video game where you kind of pump up the little creature but you don't explode them right away. You get collect a little points, and then you pump them up again some more. I think they're just waiting to get them back home, and put them out of their misery in five. I I I just believe. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think the Bruins probably win tomorrow
1: night. I mean, unfortunately, if they win a game, if they get a lead, it's a big deal. I know yeah. Vegas has their own opinion, but they haven't won any. They haven't come close to winning a game the whole year. Well, if they win to- a game, I mean, that's a huge deal. I guess. KJ and Dondero, 617-779-7937. Text
3: line is 37937. Talking about the Bruins just getting absolutely punched in the face in game two, game three tomorrow at TD Garden. Here's Bru- well, well, let's 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 hear from Bruce Cassidy okay. about Pasta and that hit.
2: No, I think the Ranta thing is it's it's David Pasternak. I think he's gonna run. We're on the power place trying to chase down the puck. I think his intentions to, like he's, you watch it. He sh- and that's why they changed it to a five to a two. His, his foot caught his pad. He's trying to block the clear, but get out of the way. So I don't think there was any intent there at all. Like you know, that was a freak play. I think he's targeted whether he goes near their goalie or not. He's one of our best players. I mean, they're going to go after him, and he's hurt them in the past. You know, Svechnikov hits our guy. We don't like that, but we're not going to run around and you know. But again, you're going to try to let them know that you know, hey, keep your head up because it's it's a long series type of messaging. That's what happens in any series when you lose a guy. So no. David's just going to have to play. He's a star in this league. That's what happens. He's a star in this league, and he's going to have to play through some of the the the, the, uh, the physicality, the threat of intimidation, whatever, you know, the, the smack talk, even whatever, whatever's going on out there. You just got to play through it. All, all the good players in this league do.
3: Ooh, that sounds a little bit of desperation. Mark, go ahead, and then I have a question for you.
1: Um, well, I was just going to say, go ahead, ask a question, because I got a bigger point that I'm going to make.
3: It might be the same one. All right, ask it. So... The way the team is looking, and even though I don't think it's a sweep, I don't think it's going to be a victory either for the Bruins unless, I don't know, something comes down from heaven. The Zamboni gets hurt? Right. (laughs) I mean, at this point, the Zamboni will stop the Bruins on a power play at this point. But who goes like in a fire, riff, reducing force, or keep Sweeney, Cassidy, star player? Who do you fire? Who do you riff, like, reduce, like, maybe not give them as much money? Or who do you
1: keep? I mean, so the first person I would keep is Bruce Cassidy. I would okay, not get so rid he of can- Bruce. You keep him. I would keep him. I would not get rid of him. Everybody else, I would not mind seeing them go. In fact, that's the point I was going to make. The Bruins should blow it up. If they conclude that this run was it, and I don't know what Patrice Bergeron's plans are, you know, I yeah. want him to retire here. If he wants I, to keep playing, that would be I think they would have just head to Canada
3: get that check in Ottawa and
1: chill, you know. I, I think ultimately the Bruins should blow it up, and here's why. If you, if you lose Patrice Bergeron, okay, I don't see how without him, all the time you spent with Bergeron, with Marchand, with Krejci, with Chara, yeah. you know, I know that McElroy and uh, Pasternak are really nice pieces to build around, But if you couldn't win with McAvoy, Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, Chara, Rask, all these guys, there's just no way I believe that under this front office or Don Sweeney, you are going to be able to find a way to piece together a championship team. I mean, you couldn't do it with all those guys that had won and were still in their prime for some of those years with Pasternak, with uh, Charlie McAvoy. You're not going to be able to find a way to get another winner in order at any point so i would blow it up and get what you can and just start over get draft picks figure it out you're not gonna win without those guys so if so you couldn't you're, win with them you're you're
3: going total flame on here where flame you're saying
1: blow it up <laughs> start over cassidy the stays. run is over start over cassidy stays I like but cassidy. Sw- i would keep him yes
3: but but the gm gets blown out and you say star players goodbye
1: yeah, and rebuild. That, yeah. That's what you want to do. Wow, I mean, that's... Ideally, you have somebody in the front office that's competent and can and can you know draft some guys that could maybe do something for you yeah. down the line. But I think I just don't. If you couldn't win with Marshand and Bergeron and Chara and Rask, why just with McAvoy and Pasternak? David Pasternak's a great player. I wouldn't say he galvanizes the team or is a leader. No, that's uh, nice. Maybe McAvoy's more of that. But he's a great player. That's why I think it was so good to mesh him with guys like Bergeron and Chara and Marshan and his talent. But they couldn't win. If you couldn't win with them, with all those guys here, I don't think you're going to be able to win with just McAvoy and Pasternak. Blow it up. Start over. Try to do it again in another form or fashion.
3: All right. KJ and Dondero, 617 779 Text line 37937. Talking about how the Bruins got punched in the face hard uh, la- uh, last night against the Canes. So how would you do it? Who would you fire? Who would you kind of reduce in force? And who do you keep? Send it on the text line 37937 as well. Uh, it is now time to trend with Nick.
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month
5: with eligible trade-in when you switch
3: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. You're listening to KJ and Don Darrow on Boston Sports Original, WEI.
4: Unfortunately, the series could be over before we even talk to you again. Game four is on Sunday. Game five is on Tuesday. Uh, Something we were speculating for the offseason. Whose seat do you think is hotter right now? Bruce Cassidy's or Don Sweeney's?
5: Oh, uh,
0: I would... I, I know I'm not supposed to say equal because that's sitting on the fence. I, I, I guess you always go to the coach. Yeah. I would say the coach typically in pro sports he's he's number one. I think. Um. So so I'll say Cassidy if I have to pick, but I I, I it's still early. You know, like let's do that. Yep. You know, post mortem. I really believe the Bruins can get back into this. Doesn't feel great this morning, but they really can with a victory Friday night, a good effort, a little bit of luck Friday to get back into this series.
3: California. KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll get to Rick shortly. That was Andrew Raycroft on Gresham Keith saying, not what you said, Mark. You said that you think it should be Sweeney. He thinks it should be Cassidy. I, I think it has to start at the top. I think if there's a problem that you can see at the top, I think you have to, Sweeney has to be on the hotter seat.
1: Yeah, Don's, I've questioned Don Sweeney a lot over the years. How many times have I questioned Bruce Cassidy? Not nearly as much. Sweeney is the guy that gave Linus Allmark all this money to go out and get pulled after two games. I get the the uh, Hurricanes are a really good team, but he got pulled. He's the one that brought did the Tuka Rash dance that was completely and utterly unnecessary this year. I, that is the first place I go. I know it was, you know, he's made some good signings.
3: The indecisiveness.
1: Yeah, that's the first place I would go. He hasn't supplemented the guys on the roster well enough over the years. They've had opportunities. He stayed with Tuca too long. They've never really been able to figure out the goalie. He blew it. I would start there. That's what I would do. If I'm making changes, that's where I'd start.
3: All right, Rick and Plymouth, thank you so much for calling KJ and Dundaro talking Bruins. Go ahead, man.
5: Play it on, guys. Good, All Rick. right, uh, I, I'm not even trying to know where to start. The start is, it's, it, it's ironic you use the term blow it up because I used that same term on Facebook in a Bruins fan group earlier. And once again, since I used the term blow it up, I am back in Facebook jail again. Yeah, now, man, you got, you got to know the, the
3: algorithms. You got to know the algorithms. That's why oh, yeah. is great. we can I, say I know. that. I,
5: and... I learned the hard way. Dude, I learned the hard way. I'm 62 years old. i old school. Okay. Uh, but anyways, the fact that uh, we use the term blow it up, um, yeah, I want to blow it up, but I want to go a little further than Cam Neely. I want to get this team away from Delaware North in Buffalo, but to do that, uh, it would take an act of God. Billions, fans really and, to billions and billions and billions. It, it it's not even close to that happening. So I've given up on that little idea. Good. I start with Cam Neely. I'm sorry, this team is this team has no identity. They have no mental toughness. They basically quit after being down. Two goals, two games in a row. There's no fight in this team. It's not the Patriots and Tom Brady. It's not a Belichick coach team. This team has no toughness. They 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 can't defend their own players. They don't have any muscle. They don't have any, well, I, I hate to overuse the term mental toughness, but there's no fight in this team. I would blow it up and start over. I would keep flaming. I would keep... Pasta, and probably McAvoy, and after that, everything else is expendable. Rick, uh, for the call. I want to get rid of me. Ne-
1: I mean, I wouldn't hate if they find a way, if they think they could be useful, those guys that Rick just mentioned. Because yes. they're obviously really good pieces. I wouldn't hate that. But I, I, what I don't understand is Rick's talking about they have no mental toughness. They've always been a team that had mental toughness. They've always been a team that was tough to put down for the most part.
3: Until they got put down. Like last year with the Islanders. The Islanders were not the better team last year. They were just the more determined and physical team. Even when they made the – remember they made the phone call to the league office, I think after maybe game four, and they and – Never – the, the Bruins were not the same. They yeah. went no, you're,
1: so, you're, you're right, but I'm just – maybe they're just aging out. Maybe it's just they've aged out. Maybe they're just – Or I'm,
3: maybe it's I mean, the I'm, curse of Bobby Orr. What if Bobby Orr was able to stay and they didn't pull that contract from him and he didn't go to Chicago? Well, then they wouldn't got have his, won an 11. And he got his 19% ownership stake in the team. No? Yeah, he probably would have sold by now. I would have cashed out. But, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting when you hear these arguments that Rick was making about, like, I want to get all the way to the billion level and make a deal. You know, it's like, okay, where's the billions? You know, like, if you want to change it at level – that's a billion dollar decision. So let's kind of like bring them down a few notches. So do you think Cam Neely's too high up, or do you think Sweeney's enough?
1: I mean, I would start with the guy making the direct decisions about the player personnel. Play personnel, yeah. I mean, that's where I would start. I don't. Th- I mean, what are you going to tell me? Bruce Cassidy hasn't done well enough at this point. The team has been go- get and out he there and it, he skate took, himself. He put right? that, He put the the. What was the name of the line? The perfection line. Maybe yeah. he kept them together for too long. You know, maybe he was part of the problem when Tuka Rash was here and you could never go away from Tuka and it was always a drama-filled scenario. I think he I thought he handled Tuka Rash pretty well. He wouldn't be afraid to call him out. I mean, I think about was, it. He gave him a shot to see if he could do it again this year. And that was upper management's that was upper call, management. That was not his call. No. no. Well then there well then I think there's your answer, Yeah, right there. That's why that is my answer. I just, there, then there's your answer. I, I'm but again though, I'm still I didn't get the sense – last year against the Islanders, I didn't get this. I mean, this was a different situation. This year, it's just an embarrassment, and I never thought this type of Bruins team or this Bruins team would be embarrassed and just dominated the way they're being dominated. And I get we can wait to see what happens when they come home and, you know – I don't have a lot of high expectations just because they're on home ice. With this matchup, <laughs> they've just crushed you. There's, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to turn here for optimism.
3: Full disclosure, I'm always going to be a little bit of a homer for for the Bruins because of our family's work in New England with the March of Dimes. And we raised, what, $362,000 in one night in 2018, and the Bruins gave a nice little check that night. So there's there's always going to be a sweetheart part of me that says, but I still love you. I know that's not journalistic integrity, but it, that was a lot of money.
1: Thank no, you yeah, yeah I, I, we appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, I, it still doesn't explain to me why they're getting completely dominated in the series. Like, I well, just as, that had as,
3: nothing to do with that fundraising night.
1: I I, get, I thought that based on how this team has played and what they've shown us in the past, I thought they were going to put forth a better effort. And there's still time. I mean, they could... You know, there's still games to be played. They could still win games. I don't think they will, but they could still do that. If they do, then this conversation becomes moot. But it just, I mean, when you go into, when you do what you did, if you're the Hurricanes in the regular season to the Bruins, then you have that whole layoff. Then you got get into the playoffs where the stakes are even higher mm. and you just keep it going. Man, that's an indictment on the team that you're. What, kicking what do they ass. say?
3: Uh, getting the same results over and over and over, ex- expecting something different, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results—it's called insanity. Yeah, I think that's where they are right now. I think that's
5: uh, where I am right now because I'm hoping you've for different results, brother.
3: <laughs> KJ and Don Darrow, W E E I six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, the Patriots—a lot of a lot of hull- hullabaloo is still going on about Bill taking. Uh, Cole Strange as high as he did. And, Mark, I thought about it a little bit. Mm. I think Bill was tripped up on his own feet in that first and second round, especially once he took Thornton at 54. So if you look at who was taken before the Patriots went 54, it's like a bunch of O-linemen. Center, O-line, 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 guard. And so it's like, did he take strange in the first round because he didn't think he would be able he would get beat at 54 with the pick right that he took him in the first round because he didn't want to get beaten in the second round does that make sense i mean it i mean it doesn't make sense to do that but do you follow my logic there no what do you mean he didn't want to get beaten in the he didn't want to get beat on the pick at 54 because at 51 from 51 to 104 like it's mostly linemen going through there so if, this, if Strange was the player they targeted, do you believe that Bill realized that, hey, there's going to be this long run coming in the second round where the player we think should go in the second round? Because I think people would say Cole Strange as a second rounder with all these other O-linemen in there isn't as bad as him being a first rounder. A right? first rounder, this guy's supposed to jump off the screen. You know, he's pancaked an entire stadium. You know, like, this is supposed to be Godzilla. You didn't, you know, so I, I wonder if... Thinking that this guy was initially targeted in the second round, but because where they sat at 54 and had a feeling that there was going to be a run on O-linemen, that they had to take him in the first round.
1: Yeah, probably. They thought Uh he'd be gone. Here's what I'm wondering, though. I'm wondering because Bill Belichick has had success. now. Why I was upset about the pick and why everybody, not just me, they don't mind the player per se, but they just didn't want to guard in the first round. We all feel that that way. Okay. What I'm wondering, though, is obviously leading into the draft and even before that, there was a lot of uh, rhetoric out there or the narrative was out there that Bill Belichick's drafts recently haven't been good. Last year was good, but by and large, the last five-plus years or so have not been very good. And yeah, last, even, last year was can't miss. Last year was good. I, I've even said specifically, though, that this year, would I like for him to get this position or a wide receiver or a fast linebacker or an athlete back there? Yes. But what was most important was you have to hit. You can't miss. You have to hit at this point. Mr. Kraft isn't liking what he's seeing from the drafts. You've got to hit. And I wonder, I'm just wondering out loud. Did the strange pick represent some sort of I don't want to say nervousness or insecurity friction but apprehension at the at the just in terms of Bill Belichick wanting to be sure that he hit even though it might not have been a position of absolute need or the type of position you want to take in the first round was so that a, a scared
3: pick at in the first yeah round. where
1: he wanted to make sure at, at you know at worst he hits. Maybe it's not gonna fix the Patriots completely because that's not a position that has a huge impact on wins and losses directly necessarily. But maybe because of the narrative that's been out there and maybe because of some of Robert Kraft's uh comments or some of the feelings he has towards the recent drafts, maybe Bill Belichick was a little apprehensive about making a pick that would have been at risk of not being a hit wide receiver, something that he hasn't, despite being a knee, something that he hasn't had a lot of success drafting. Maybe he wanted to be sure he at least hit, and that's why he took Cole Strange.
3: Mark, I can buy into that because that's why you back out of the 20 pick, right? You're you're backing away from something that seems to be obvious to everybody else but may seem dangerous to you. So at 20, you could have gotten the linebacker. You could have gotten the wide receiver. But like you said, if those guys don't hit, then it becomes the new narrative on Bill's way out. And the other way, the other part I'm thinking as well is because we know that Bill is not exactly going to throw money up in the club when it comes to spending on a player. Think about when you get to that fifth-year option. What's going to cost you more on that fifth-year option? A wide receiver, a linebacker, or an offensive lineman? It's going to be those other yeah, two. Yeah. So he's going to save money on the player because, let's just face it, offensive linemen generally are going to pan out. They're generally going to pan out. And when you get to that fifth year, you can pick up that fifth year at a much cheaper price than you would having to deal in the linebacker realm or in the uh, even the cornerback realm, right? Because if some people say, okay, why didn't he stay at 20 and take the kid out of Washington? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Why not, why not go after him? Why not take a cornerback at 20? I say that you have enough cornerbacks right now to at least address what you're trying to do. I would have still liked to have seen an, an attempt at a linebacker somewhere in the draft. We've talked about like, you have to get better. A lot of us gave up the whole idea of getting a receiver in that first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, the linebacker thing, I, we're all pining for uh, Cam McGrone. You know, I know he was at one point projected to be a first or second round pick, and they got him there. I, I mean, am I really going to rely on that guy to pop for the Patriots to be good, this I, year. I'm
3: not a fan of that thinking, though, Mark. Where, you know where it's like, hey, well, he's ready to get in the game now. Well, it's like if he was there last year. What thinking? It was, you're not a fan we, of what thinking? Well, some people are saying, well, like, hey, you know, you got them all ready, and now these guys are ready to pop and get in there and do their thing. Well, he was just hurt. Like, well, it, okay, fair enough. But still, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't tell me that you're going to get in there and do your thing. No, I you know. I, know, I would the have rather availi- he drafted the a guy. Too. Is the, the best ability is availability.
1: Right. So there's, I, I would have rather he dra- identified a guy, drafted yeah. a guy with that first round pick at 21, but he didn't do that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying based on that whole theory I just outlined. I'm not. Pre- I'm not saying that's what happened. I was just wondering out loud because a guard. I mean, when you look at the history of the Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick specifically, even recently, yeah. he has not had issues drafting guards. Right. I mean, and where have they been drafted? Look at the offensive line overall. Joe Tooney, what was he? Third round. Shaq Mason, fourth round. Um, David Andrews, undrafted. Brian right. Stork, fourth round. These guys all won Super Bowls. Right. Now I know you had Tom Brady, but you have not needed to spend That's
2: first round capital
1: on on an offensive lineman. You did that with Nate Solder, and he was good, but he was no better than any of those other guys. Well, maybe you do that because you know the importance
3: of once you let go of Brown, that you have to make a commitment to say, Mac, we're going to protect you, right? Because, hey, you might be able to do that magic with third and fourth rounders, as you mentioned, with Tom Brady back there. But with uh, Mac Jones, who's in his second year and teams are making adjustments and they know they want to come after him and pressure him, you may want to say, okay, I've got to jump up and go get an offensive lineman. Even though some can make the argument, look what Cincinnati did with no offensive line this past year, but I would say that you know he doesn't, have, Mac Jones doesn't have the same weapons that Joe Burrow does. Correct. That's the so, big difference. So, so if you know you don't have those weapons and you don't didn't go get, that's why I said those had to go. Bill should have gone and got at least one ride wide receiver in free agency that could be a wide receiver one. That way you can do more of that concentrating on rebuilding the line if that's what you have to do and address some of those, you know, interior things. You got a great interior, so I guess it's gonna be a really good running team
1: in the AFC East with nobody to throw to. Well again, that's what we had last year, and that did nothing. That's, <sighs> that takes you nowhere. I'm just saying and again, I don't wanna minimize, you know, Matt Groh is he's beating his chest. We like toughness. This guy's tough. That's fine. You gotta say that. You're an employee. Whatever. I'm just saying my point is, and I said this last week, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to be a I don't want to make it sound like I'm not for offensive linemen. I am. I think that's an important part of the game. Right. But my point is you had you had two teams last year. Okay, you had the Kansas City Chiefs and you had the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, and they met in the AFC championship game. One team went all in after the Super Bowl the previous year when they lost to Brady and the Bucks to fix the offensive line. They, yeah. they went out and signed the best guard on the market from you, Joe Tooney. They drafted a center high. I forget if Creed Humphrey was a first or second round pick, but yep. he was a huge hit. He was a huge success, one of the best rookies in the league last year. So you really did well revamping that offensive line. You addressed it. You made it a priority. You revamped it, and you went up in the AFC Championship game against a team that, at best, had a suspect offensive line. Now, I know they had the weapons, but so did you. They went up against that team that had at best a suspect offensive line. And what happened? So it just it didn't matter that much. The Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, for years have been known for their quality yeah, offensive yeah. line. But guess what? Because the quarterback or the weapons or all of the above weren't up to snuff, that great offensive line only takes you so far. And to fact you know, to add to that, not only did you get a an offensive lineman in the first round, you got a guard. I mean, not even a tackle, a guard. Well, so
3: here's why I think you go to even like a one A, a 1AA school or FCS, whatever they're calling it now, is Bill probably has to think if he went for a big-time program guy um, and this guy doesn't pan out. I mean, I, I had a classmate of mine who went first-round offensive lineman for the Steelers and didn't pan out. You know, people still talk about that years later. Like, hey, this is an old lineman that went in the first round and it didn't work out. So you go get someone. Are that's you guys why they mentioned Shaq Mason? Well, but Mason. this is I
4: Mason Shack Mason. Um, the, uh, I can't think of the left the left tackle right now.
3: That's fine, but you're, you're Isaiah Win.
4: That- Isaiah, are you guys forgetting about oh, Isaiah yeah, Wynn? They took
1: Isaiah Win in the first round, and he's right. been awful. And then you get when you get Michael you. sixth round, sixth round, and he's been good. I mean, this is what I'm talking. And you just Shannon Mason was a
4: sixth round pick. So this
3: is so this is why you
1: hear the narrative. Fourth round, wasn't he? This
3: is why you hear the narrative that Strange was at the military academy. Bill's a military guy. So what you're hearing is there's that discipline there that they believe all in that this is a sure on bet because at least on a mental wavelength, he's going to be there when he gets to camp. And and I can't necessarily say that's the wrong. That's that's a wrong perception.
1: Bottom line is bottom line you have been able to dra- multiple times you've been able to fill that void during other parts of the draft and, with Tom and,
3: Brady on the team.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: okay, fine. He covered a lot of sins.
1: He did. But so now Tom Brady's gone and you need to start drafting guards at, 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 with your number 1 overall pick? No. Hey, you don't need to.
3: I I, I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree with drafting a guard in the first round. So when the when the Patriots
4: big... offensive line was really good, Joe Tooney. I did going off the top of my head. Joe Tooney was a third round pick. Third round, and but he was the high, that- he was the highest selected lineman on the team because right. David Andrews was undrafted. Shaq Mace was a fourth round pick. Well, Trent Brown went—I mean, really high—but he was recycled from three other different teams.
3: How many times do you guys have to pray over your food? I just said Tom Brady covered a multitude of sins.
4: Yeah, but they still had one of the highest-ranked offensive lines in the team. The offensive line wasn't a sin,
3: right? Because if you have a guy standing there saying this is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he was taken uh, after you were, yeah, but hold on, then you're going to work hard.
1: But but I I saying the offensive line is bad. It was great. I, I, yeah, and, and what I'm saying is, I, I know Who said what you're the saying? offensive
3: line was bad. Who said that?
4: You just said that Tom Brady overlooked their sins. I mean, we're talking I'm about talking the about line. you can
3: take those chances in late rounds because you're gonna have, you already have a workplace. I'm not saying
1: the line is bad. I don't know what you're hearing. Which button are you pushing? But but, but listen, <laughs> I understand what you're saying that Brady was here and he covered up a lot of the work. Yes, but I, I just mean those guys that were playing on the line while Brady was here. We're still grading out high. So even though Brady was here, they were still doing well. It's not all because of they didn't grade out high because Brady was here. It helped in spots. He was able to probably get rid of the ball during times or maybe they were going to give up a sack. that. Helped. But overall, those guys graded out well. And whatever you were doing was working. And you were getting guys later in, in the draft and in later rounds. So why would you waste a pick? In the first round, when you've proven you can get those guys later, when you have all these other needs, it never made sense. Like
4: Tom Brady couldn't cover up for Marshall Newhouse being a turnstile.
1: Or or uh, what That's... was the guy, the tuba player, um, Jordan Devi. You, you know?
3: guys aren't even comparing fruit right now. I'm just sitting here laughing. Tom Brady can't, can't have some type of... Influence so you, on how hard someone's going to work more so than say I've got to get somebody to help this guy who's in his second year. So are you saying those offensive
1: linemen weren't any good? Are you kidding? Were they good? Do you guys look? Were the offensive you, linemen good? Yes, the okay, whole team so why was good did, because the it, whole team was. But I'm saying,
3: is this team good? But but, but is this team good? Well there's my dad made why the you playoffs. consider that's why you consider taking somebody in the first round even though I don't di- I agree with it but that's why you consider it because this team are not anywhere near as good as any of those and look, teams I and you know it
1: I appreciate Matt Groh talking about toughness and we want to be tough and I you know I that's important we all want to be tough but the problem is the identity for the big you know large part of last season was ground and pound tough you were tough, Damian Harris, grounding, you know, running the ball. That identity didn't really do anything for you. And it certainly didn't do anything for you in the playoffs where you would think a tough team would make another opponent punt once. Didn't happen. <laughs> so, that whole toughness thing is great, but you need speed and more so than just speed, you need playmakers. And I don't know if they have them. We'll see if Taquan Thornton becomes that. I don't know though if they have them.
3: Yeah, let's continue the conversation next here with KJ and Don Darrow 779 nine seven ninety three seven. Also, are the Patriots now Team Three in the AFC East? That's next here on WEEI.
0: KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. Boston Sports Original.
3: Yay! Yay! J.J. Don Darrow
1: Weei, thank you so much. Oh, for I get into this, this one. I get into this one a little bit. You
3: can do it. Put your back into yeah, it. your back that into that a little bit. Didn't that. Beavis and Butthead do a dance to this? Put your back into it. Put your back into it in their recall. movie.
1: Don't recall that one. Oh, I love Beavis and Butthead. That oh, explains yeah. how I am. Same. Uh yeah. I used to whatever. I, I just don't recall the dance, but
3: not my how favorite not song. But you, I
1: can get, I can deal with it. You
3: can dig that. You know, look, I, you know I have a, a wide palate. Yeah, I do. I save you from some of the deeper stuff. You like, you're like, well, you might like Cameo and Rick James. But see, I, I kind of say that. I kind of keep it simple. Like, it's rock and hip hop for the most part. For the most part, classics. A little bit research. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I like everything. I'll take, I, obviously, the hip hop I like and the rock and the grunge, 90s grunge.
3: Just not my parody.
1: Top of the list. Uh, you know, I, I mean, one of your parodies, I laughed. What was the one that would I. Um, Jake it wasn't Debrusque. the Bobby Brusk. It was the it was the outcast oh, Jake, one, the Jake, Jake Drusk was funny. Yeah, was Jake Debrusk. And I
3: was right because he ended up staying. So many people thought, like, oh, you put a price on him, now you're moving, but he stayed. Rosa Parks. Yeah, to Rosa Parks that yep. was what. You, you weren't feeling the Bobby Brown getaway. No, no. This is a for the Brown. older demo.
1: My prerogative is the only Bobby Brown song I oh like. Oh my
3: gosh, you cannot say that out loud in Boston. Like you got it, like two could play that game, something in common, get away, ah, Humping around. Okay. It's just real easy to say don't be cruel in, you know, my prerogative.
1: Even you said Ghostbusters too. I don't know. Maybe I don't know much of it.
3: Shout out to Bob and his family. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, after the draft, and we'll look at. I'm going to look back at the the teams that the Patriots play now because there are now more answers after the draft for for even some of these other teams. But I find it very hard to say that the Patriots can come out of the third spot in the AFC East behind Buffalo and Miami. You think? You think different, Mark?
1: Um, you know, I'll reserve the right to see how some of the rookies perform. But if we're talking about it here on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, I don't think so. I think they're not going to be um, higher than three.
3: Yeah, we're going to wait for Tyreek Hill to go uh, for Cinco touchdowns. Yeah, I and don't, that's th- what I we're don't gonna... think it's
1: going to happen. I mean, you lost twice <laughs> to the Dolphins last year. of Tungavailoa, for whatever reason, seems – now, I know this was Brian Flores. We right? yeah. have no idea how this coach is going to be, even though he intrigues me. I don't think, based on how Tonga Vailoa has played against you and now the weapons they've added, I don't feel great about the matchup with the Dolphins, especially now. Yeah. And obviously the Bills are the class of the division. So no, I, I don't like where I'm I don't like the feeling I'm getting when I think about the Patriots and the prospects of them winning games or making a run at the division this year. No.
3: Now, I know Robert Kraft says, look, you know, free agency doesn't end until the first week of the season for the most part. But again, you know, people like to see what you're going to do on the front end instead of like what you pick up on the back end, because back end usually isn't ready to jump in right away. So just looking at the opponents at home, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Dolphins, Bills, Colts, I think are all going to be challenges or losses. Is that fair enough?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, listen. Well, what's your point?
3: That this team is not only not going to be in the top two of the AFC East, but we're going to be talking about even higher draft pick next year.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I also think, you know, one of my fears is, and maybe this isn't as bad in the NFL as it is in like the NBA, they are going to be mired in mediocrity. Just because they have some pieces and they have capability at the head coach spot and position, but they're not very good and they're not very dynamic. And there's a lot of teams with better pieces than them. So they're going to always be stuck. You know, they're going to be, and again, hopefully they don't need a quarterback. So this isn't as bad when you don't need a quarterback. Right. But if you're picking at 17, 15, 19, you know, that's not really high, but it's it's not not really like low Low to get the marquee guy. Right.
3: And then the rogue schedule is just brutal. It might be the most brutal in, in the league.
1: Can can I just say one thing here quick before we, yeah. I know we have to get to the top of the hour break or whatever? But I'm gonna I'm gonna to be honest with you. When I when I saw Robert Kraft and Gerard Mayo at the Celtics game the other night, yeah. that spoke to me. I don't know why. Probably like the future. Like it, the it, future? Like we're it, having conversations yes. on my seats? Yes. I don't know why. It just felt like I understand he played for the Patriots and maybe their bond runs a little bit deeper than another random uh, assistant coach. But to me, that felt like some sort of a, I don't want to say a protege because they're not trying to do the same thing. Like but a little wink at things, uh, yeah, like things so, to uh, come. You're a special guy. You're yeah, a like- special valued God, commodity. God, I've got, two I've got tickets
3: to the game. Yes. Come on yes. through.
1: That's what that felt I'll, like I'll send, to me. I'll send it car service for
3: you. Don't even worry about
1: parking. It's all on me. Really, sir? Yeah. Come along. We'll We'll talk. That yeah. says to me that he is more valued than other people in similar positions and that they had things to discuss during that trip to the Celtics game. That and spoke that the, to me. And that
3: Bill's exit plan is probably in, in motion real I, quick. I
1: guess. I don't know if it's an exit plan. I don't know if it's – I mean, yeah, probably, because I don't think he would just up and fire Bill Belichick. But the yeah. fact that they were spending that type of time together and that they were doing it at a Celtics game, sitting side by side. I don't know if they traveled in. They went to dinner. That says to me you are a special person. You are a valued commodity. And you that spoke to me. Listen
3: listen to the road record. Listen to the road teams at Arizona, at Buffalo, at Cleveland, at Green Bay, at Vegas, at Miami, at Minnesota, at the Steelers. And I say the Steelers may be a mirror game to see if uh, Kenny Pickett is not that far off from Mac Jones. It'll be a very interesting game now, literally going from no quarterback to possibly a comparable quarterback. All right, the final hour of KJ and Dondero next here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out.